Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. 24, beginning with verse 57. You know the story? Uh, He's found this young woman who is Rebecca. Uh, She is at the well drawing water, and uh, she says, not only will I draw water for, uh, will I give you a drink of water, I'll draw water for your camels. And uh, she went to the house, and uh, he tells his mission, what he's going to do. Then he says, I'm uh, here to seek a bride for my master. The Lord has led me in this pathway. And he revealed his, uh, his uh, adventure. He asked for her to travel with him back to the land of Israel. And here's these words uh, as the family gathers together. So they said, we'll call the young woman, and we'll ask her personally. Then they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. Down to 61, verse 61. Then Rebecca and her maids arose, and they rode on the camels and followed the man. So the servant took Rebecca and departed. Now Isaac came from the way of Beer Leheroi, for he dwelt in the south. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening, and he lifted his eyes and looked, and there the camels were coming. Then Rebekah lifted her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel, for she had said to the servant, Who is this man walking in the field to meet us? And the servant said, It's my master. So she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. I want to talk uh, for a few minutes about marriage from this passage of scripture. And the first thing I want to talk about has to do with the unseen factors uh, that are involved uh, in marriage. You know, the modern approach to marriage, uh, we have the, all the Hollywood movies, we have the novels, we have uh, all the uh, traditions, and uh, uh, there's a misunderstanding of what marriage is all about and actually what love is all about. Usually, it's presented like uh, uh, one of the cartoons is Cupid. Cupid is this little traditional creature who uh, shoots an arrow, and uh, that arrow hits someone, and boom, and they're irresistibly and unreversibly in love. Well, we're going to talk about love for a moment, because love is a part of this text that we have. And there's a tremendous lesson here that we need to learn, and it'll apply to marriage, because here's a woman, and she marries a man that she has never met. Now, that totally is opposite to the modern mentality of the world in which we live. As a matter of fact, in verse 64 and 5, then Rebekah lifted her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel, and she said to the servant, who is this man? walking in the field of me. So the servant says, my master. So she took a veil uh, and uh, covered herself. 
Now think about this for a moment because the relationship factors that are going to be involved, she's never met this man. This man is going to be a total stranger to her. She's never talked to him. There's going to have to be some kind of flexibility. When I, when I counsel uh, uh, young couples, I remember talking to Lucian and, uh, and Christine, and I said, you're getting ready to enter into one of the most traumatic experiences of life. And they both blinked at me like that. They had not the slightest clue what I was talking about, but I did. There has to be a flexibility that is involved in the subject of marriage. But think of this woman, never met this man. There has to be an adjustment of personality. Two selfish people are now for the first time going to begin to live under the same roof. Uh, there's going to have to be an acceptance of another person's pe personality. Uh, and someone has said, it doesn't much matter who you marry as you're going to wake up the next morning and find out it was somebody else anyway. Now, they said that because there's this, uh, this posturing that goes on before people get married. They put their best face on. Uh, uh, their real personality really doesn't come out. They're posturing. They're playing the role. And so it doesn't matter uh, because after marriage is entered into, there's going to have to be a flexibility, just like Rebecca and uh, Isaac involved in it, but especially Rebecca. There's going to have to be adjustments. There's going to have to be an acceptance uh, and uh, if we uh, come to grips with that and begin to consider that, I've had people that said to me, uh, what if I married the wrong person? Well, I have news for you. We all married the wrong person. The issue is not marrying the right person. The issue is being the right person. And this is going to be apparent in this text that we're there because here she marries a total stranger, Jacob and uh, and uh, Rachel are a tremendous illustration of this. You know the story as Jacob served in Uncle Laban's household for seven years for Rachel. He was, a, he was a wonderfully attracted. She was a beautiful woman. And uh, the marriage takes place at the Oriental uh, custom. And, and, uh, and so as the marriage is consummated, uh, Uncle Laban slipped in Leah instead of Rachel. He finds out the next morning that it was a different person. It wasn't her at all. And so here is this issue that is worked through in the Scripture, these strange biblical stories uh, that brought uh, uh, the personality to the forefront. And if you're a Bible historian, you'll find out that Rachel was not buried with Jacob, but Leah was. Rachel is buried between Jerusalem and Bethlehem in what's called Rachel's tomb. And the working out in relationship in marriage has to do with this issue, and we want to consider the, the subject of love. The Bible says very clearly this strange story in Genesis 24, verse 67, Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So here's an interesting uh, statement, is that he loved uh, uh, Rebekah after he was married. And so this puts it then in a different arena. This means that love is brought to the forefront, uh, and the real issue is that love is an action, love is an attitude, uh, and is taken in relationship to another person. In other words, uh, if you really love someone, you're going to first consider 
their personality, you're going to consider their wishes, their uh, desires, uh, and love is an action and an attitude taken uh, that first you're going to put another person before yourself. And the Bible says uh, that here these two strangers uh, met uh, for the first time uh, they married, uh, and then it says uh, that Isaac loved her. This brings love into a totally different perspective than the emotional roller coaster, this false precept that we have uh, of marriage that uh, somehow this irresistible force comes over you and uh, Cupid has shot you with his arrow and suddenly you're compelled uh, and so regardless of, uh, of the issues involved, uh, then you're attracted to and you're entering into marriage. Love is an action. Love is something that uh, Lucian and Christine are going to have to love, uh, learn to do. That, uh, that isn't a feeling. That isn't an emotion. This is an attitude uh, that I'm going to uh, make myself a commitment uh, to this issue, and we're going to make this marriage work. Uh, someone wisely said sometime in the past, uh, marriage is God putting two people in a room without a door out, uh, and he says, you're going to make this work. And love is an attitude that has to bring that to pass. The second thing I want to talk to you briefly, and this is a familial shift or has to do with the family. Now, this is a major issue in life uh, and especially in the generation uh, in which we live. We live in a generation where the family often will dominate. In other words, a young couple are not left to live their own life. Uh, their family dominates. Uh, they're going to dominate every issue. They're going to dominate the fa- family, financial decisions. Uh, they're going to dominate every issue of life that they're uh, going to bring to pass. Uh, and something happens uh, in life. We live in a generation that do not want to be adults. They want to uh, be mama's boy or or daddy's little girl the rest of their life. But marriage in the Bible is a familial shift. By that I mean that there's a shift of allegiance, there's a a shift of relationship, uh, and there's going to be furnished for them an arena that they're going to have to make their own decisions uh, and uh, be adults uh, and rise up and take responsibility. I uh, this involves uh, family. I sat to, with Lucian and Christine, and I said, now, it's impossible, but you're going to have differences of opinion, and you may even fight. Now, I know that was a real revelation to them, but this may happen. It does happen, you know, occasionally. And so I said to them, uh, your best friend cannot counsel you. Your, uh, your family cannot counsel you in a marriage problem uh, because they are prejudiced. They don't see the issue. Your pastor is an impartial referee, and he can help you get over the difficulties of life. We raised uh, five children, and uh, I well remember many years ago, uh, my daughter's husband was, uh, uh, was real difficulties in the marriage, uh, probably some 3.30 in the morning, a knock on my door, and here's my daughter and her two children. Now, they've, they've, been, uh, they've had a major uh, family difficulty. And so she pours out her heart to me, said, I don't think I can go on with this marriage any longer. Uh, I just can't live there. We're, we're, just, uh, we're just having uh, terrific difficulties. And I said to her, as I looked her in the eye, I said, I do not finance uh, any family breakups. I'm a father. You need to go back to your husband. You need to make this marriage work. And when she saw that there was no alternative, that the parent, uh, her parent was not going to uh, in, involve himself and was not going to furnish her an alternative, uh, she went back uh, 
made the marriage work. And this is very crucial as we look at this text for a moment. Look at this text again, because here's a lesson with dynamics. As we just read this story, here's Rebecca. And as Rebecca is uh, in this uh, decision, she shifted. There's a family shift of her allegiance and her loyalty in a commitment. Verse 58 and 59, they called Rebecca and they said to her, will you go with this man? And she said, I'll go. So they sent away Rebecca, their sister and her nurse and Abraham's servant uh, and his men. Now think of this because this is a commitment. She probably never saw her family again. She's from Haran, which is up in Turkey today. She travels down with this man to Beersheba, where he lived. And this is probably some four to five weeks in those days, traveling time. We never find again that she ever saw her mother, father, family again. She makes this commitment to a man that she had never met. And she couldn't run home to mama or run home to daddy every time they had a fight. This is a commitment. She's going to have to make this work. And this is very crucial that we understand that in Christian marriage. In the book of Genesis, God specifically underlines this fact. Genesis 2, verse 24 says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Jesus picks this up in the New Testament in the book of Matthew chapter 19 verses 5 and 6 and he said for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they too shall become one flesh. So then they're no longer two but one flesh therefore what God has joined together let not man separate. So here we have the issue involved. This woman's going to make a commitment this commitment is she's going to shift now. This doesn't mean she doesn't love her family. This does not mean she doesn't recognize and honor her family. But this means she's making a commitment now. And this commitment is to a new relationship. And the Bible says her family released her to this relationship. This is found in verse 16, 61. They blessed Rebecca and said to her, O oh, our sister, may you become the mother of thousands, of ten thousands, and may your descendants possess the gates of those who hate them. Then Rebekah and her maids arose, they rode on the camels and followed the man. So the servant took Rebekah and departed. In other words, what I'm saying is this family respected Rebekah's wishes. She made the decision to follow this man, as she followed this man, the family made this decision. They released her to this new relationship. And as she did that, it has tremendous ramification for you and I in this generation. Someone has made a statement, and that statement is very powerful. It says that children grow up, get married, have children, hopefully in that order. The parents or the family that recognizes that uh, and will accept that and embrace that uh, will see lots of their grandchildren. There's a very interesting thing that takes place in, in marriage that I uh, encounter from time to time, and uh, that is uh, that uh, the family, uh, they don't like who he chose or she doesn't like who he chose, uh, and so they try to manipulate. Uh, there's all kinds of emotional uh, uh, blackmail that goes on and manipulation uh, that happens. Uh, but in marriage, there is a shift, and that shift is a release uh, 
of a man and a woman into this relationship, uh, it is supported, and we have in this place friends and family and associates uh, that are offering their support to this relationship uh, as well as the family that's involved. I want to talk to you a moment as I close about the adventure that is embraced here. We have the changing factors of life. Now, this young couple are young. I know that. And, uh, uh, and uh, they are filled with vim and vigor, a beautiful bride and a handsome husband. He got a full head of hair. She's a, uh, but that won't always be so. Life brings factors that change. Uh, listen carefully to what I'm saying. This family, the record is in the Bible, in the changing factors of life. In the changing factors of life, this family has to, uh, has to be involved in a famine. It's a horrible famine comes in the land. They have to leave where they're living and move down, and they go down to Gerar. Uh, there's financial hardship that comes. Their fortunes change. Hardship begins to be a part of their life, uh, and they're tested there. And, uh, they, uh, and not only that, but in that, uh, in that, uh, in that area, there's a conflict uh, as they're contested over the wells that Isaac is going to dig uh, that his father possessed. They're entering into that. Uh, and not only that, there are health issues that are involved. The Bible uh, follows this family on through and says that there is a time when Isaac no longer can see. He loses his sight uh, he now is not able to make the judgments uh, that are made. Uh, and as he's there, uh, health issues begin to be a part of this family. Uh, not only this, uh, but there are family issues that begin to be involved. If you know the story, uh, there's a, the, a partiality and there's favoritism that plays out. Uh, Jacob was a mama's boy and Esau was uh, dad's man. These are two children. And so this all plays out uh, in, uh, in the issues of life uh, and they have to be embraced and they have to be adjusted to and they have to be understood because time is the only test of marriage. Now listen to me for a moment, if you will, because the glue of commitment is the only thing that's going to hold a marriage together in the long term. Someone uh, wrote a little uh, uh, ditty that is worth me uh, quoting, and I'd like to uh, share it at this time. The, the poet said, By the time you swear you're his, shivering and sighing, and he vows his passion is infinite, undying, one of you is lying. Now, some of you get the humor, some of you don't. Different countries, they have different humor, but some of you get the humor that's involved there. In the Anglican prayer book, it comes to the issue of the adventure that is embraced and speaks directly to it. Listen to the words in the Anglican prayer book that set the pace for marriages for many, many years, and we still use some of these words today in marriage vow. To have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, uh, to love and to cherish uh, till death uh, do us par part. So we say, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But you see, we never consider, we always, uh, we always consider uh, richer. We always consider better. Uh, we always consider health. Uh, but we seldom consider what else is in those vows uh, and what else is in those vows is worse and poorer and sickness. You see, change in marriage must be survived. This couple that we're looking at in the, in the text had children that caused them heartache and caused them grief. These children were very different. These children were Jacob and Esau. 
And Esau was an, un, uh, an outdoor man. He liked to kill things. He had uh, DNA. This is, he's a hunter. He, he was a rough. But Jacob was a mama's boy. He liked to stay in the kitchen with mama and, and bake cookies. <laughs> very, very different boys. And not only that, uh, but their pathways took completely different uh, turns. Uh, and uh, Esau uh, married... Uh, 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 a girl that his parents did not like, uh, and his parents are very upset with that, but, re- uh, but Esau had a rebellious streak. And if you read the text, said, oh, you don't like that? Okay, so he married another one just like her. So here we have this turmoil, and this turmoil and this conflict has entered into the partiality, the mother and the father. Uh, uh, the, the mother is showing partiality. She's a mama's boy. He's a mama's boy. And uh, a little plot to, uh, cooks up what you won't talk, uh, talk about for a moment. Uh, but it entered into a bitter feud between the boys. Uh, and uh, Jacob then uh, must leave the household. He flees to, uh, to Haran, Haran up in Turkey. Uh, and he's there for 21 years uh, because of this turmoil uh, uh, in, the, in the family. Uh, and uh, this had to be, uh, uh, this had to be uh, uh, embraced and had to be worked through uh, in the adventure of marriage. Uh, and marriage demands an adjustment. Our bodies change in marriage. If you're a man and you're normal, your chest falls into your drawers. If you're uh, normal, uh, probably by the time you, uh, in this generation, by the time you're uh, 60, you won't have any hair left on your head. There comes changes. These changes have to be adjusted to. They have to be embraced. uh, And uh, are you going to have, this is a question to a young man as uh, young as Luchin, are you going to have the same commitment when... Christine is fat and 40. Some of you are shocked. Some of you are not. Okay. So here we have the changes of life. uh, And 20 years from now, if you're marrying today, you're going to be married to a different person than you are today. They will have changed. Their appearance will have changed. Their personality will have changed. uh, And you're going to be married to a different person uh, than you are today today. And that involves a change because that's the great adventure of life. There's a beautiful old song and a poem. Some of the words go like this. It says, darling, I'm growing old. Silver threads among the gold. Shine upon my brow today. Life is fading fast away. But my darling, you will be, will be always young and fair to me. Yes, my darling, you will be always young and fair to me. Darling, I'm growing old. Silver threads among the gold shine upon my brow today. Life is fading fast away. There's changes that come in life. Some years ago, my wife and I were celebrating our 50th wedding anniversary. The church kind of put on a little refreshment for us, and we had some pictures up and the photo. And one of them was the photo of my wife uh, before I, I married her. And one of my daughters is looking at that, and she said, Dad, Mom was beautiful. And I said, she still is, dear. Amen? Amen. But you see, the difficulty is that in the processes of life sometimes, uh, our mentality begins to change. We're unwilling to make the adjustments. We're unwilling to come into the uh, adventure, right? 
But the Bible says, for this purpose a man shall cleave to his wife, uh, and they two shall be one flesh, uh, and they have to relate to each other. And as they relate to uh, each other in the changes of life, through the various weather changes of uh, issues and events and trials uh, of children that are being raised, uh, the problems uh, uh, that uh, come, and uh, children who don't do right sometimes cause pressure upon the marriage, spiritual relationship. Uh, but marriage uh, is one of the most wonderful adventures in all of life. Uh, and I want to tell you that the person who embraces uh, God as King, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it's the most wonderful institution ever uh, instituted by God, not by man, by God. And it brings the most wonderful rewards uh, in all of time. A poet wrote these words that I want to share. I know we loved each other when we walked so long ago in spring beneath the moon. When hand clasped close in hand, we softly talked of that new joy our hearts uh, would shelter soon. Perennially golden, and secure from any change. But oh, we could not see that springtime wonderment would not endure. At first it was, but altered blessedly. We could not know, my dear, we could not guess how years augment, augment the miracle of love, how autumn brings a depth of tenderness that is beyond young April's dreaming of, how there would burn a richer flame someday than that which first threw glory on our way. I want you to bow your heads with me for a moment this uh, afternoon, the wonderful presence of the Lord that is here. Marriage always uh, affords us an opportunity to speak to the issue of life. Marriage is a wonderful, wonderful experience. Marriage is a glorious opportunity from God. But having said that, uh, there must be the biblical embracing uh, of the principles and the dynamics, and generally marriages are very rocky unless there's a power beyond ourselves that is invited in to begin to work and begin to cement and begin to help over the crucial places of life. And there are people here today, you need something in your life, you need something in your marriage more than what you possess. And I want to declare to you, God has planned marriage. It is his design. It is his will. It is his purpose. And for those who will embrace the glorious revelation of his power and of his dimension, he's able to give you that grace and favor that will help you. That begins with a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. This couple is being married in church because they want a testimony. And that testimony is a testimony that they are believers in Jesus Christ and that they are committed to the relationship that they have, not of their own power, but they're depending upon God to help them in the issues of life. I believe there are people here tonight. I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed in reverence to God for the next few moments. There are people here this, this evening, this afternoon. You're not right with God. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, 
and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.